All right, welcome Amy, a Harvard graduate, but struggled to figure out her headphones on Zoom. Yeah, I'm also a former audio engineer, which is also what's embarrassing about it. But. <laughs> you know, I'm like, user error, or you know, maybe Zoom just has, I, you're not the first person that struggled yeah. to do that, but I thought yeah. I was saying it, but you weren't hearing me. I was like, oh, you can graduate Harvard, but Zoom got her today. I like those yeah. headphones, though. Oh, thank you. So I wanted to talk to you because you are involved in CrossFit Health, you know, being a physician, and I'll let you kind of explain your, your degree. I think we all see the MD and we're just like, she's a doctor, she's smart, she knows what mm -hmm. she's talking about, which is, yeah, sometimes, yeah. Which, is which is great, <laughs> but I think right now it's a great opportunity to dive into what's happening in CrossFit and your involvement there. I think yeah. it's phenomenal, of course. I think we're changing the world. But I'm anxious to hear from a doctor's perspective because, correct me if I'm wrong, there's still a lot of obstacles when it comes to entering the, the world of medicine. Yeah, as far as uh, CrossFit entering the world of medicine, certainly I, th I think we haven't necessarily got to the point where physicians and people in the public realize that CrossFit is for everybody and can be accessed by everybody. Um, and that's been one of one of the goals of the CrossFit health movement is to show that it, it can benefit anyone and that uh, it could also be an effective tool in fighting chronic disease, which at the end of the day is what is killing people. You know, it, hundreds of years ago, it was infectious diseases and things like that. And now it's, it's chronic disease, diabetes, obesity, hypertension, things like that, that are totally preventable via lifestyle choices. But, um, still they still plague us uh, and it's a huge cost of healthcare dollars it's a huge cost of time money energy um, and it could be a simple fix just getting people to the box so if a hundred percent of doctors bought in say that's a hundred percent okay every doctor in the in the let's go country right every okay. doctor in the country, right. mm -hmm. what percentage are currently bought in right now oh boy um it's more that you know i think if you would ask me that maybe a year ago i would have said like one percent one percent of us right i yeah. think it's expanding and it's also the kind of thing that it's it's less of a taboo to talk about um i initially when i first started working in boston you know almost 10 years ago i mentioned crossfit and i got a lot of naysayers um in the medical community and i think over the 10 years i was there that that sort of that started to change as more, more people started to as I talked about it more and people started realizing, uh, getting out there and trying it for themselves. I think that tide is tide is turn is turning. It's not exactly turned yet. But so I'd say maybe it was one percent before, and now maybe we're like maybe five to ten percent. There's a big cohort of us now that are involved in the CrossFit health thing and the MDL ones. I mean, yeah. based on that, you think really, if we saw ten doctors, we cross paths with ten doctors, one out of every ten would be, hey, I'm, I like CrossFit. I would say, I, I don't know if I'd even say it's that high. I think it would depend on the specialty uh, of physician you see. I also think, you know, my, my biggest thing when I was first talking about CrossFit amongst my medical colleagues was to get people from telling people not to CrossFit to maybe them having a neutral opinion about it. And if you, I think maybe that you might have people, instead of telling you, you shouldn't CrossFit is dangerous, they might say, well, if that works for you, fine. And, and I think that's that's progress. That is progress. You know, yeah. you, when you when you say ten years ago in Boston, you were in a good area. Yeah. But I mean, because CrossFit was booming in that area, 
Reebok mm -hmm. was near that area. So it was a good right. area to kind of begin. Now, mm -hmm. when you stop and think though, is it so much, we're trying to get doctors to buy into CrossFit as far as the methodology, constantly varied functional movements at high intensity, or the nutrition component of meats, vegetables, nuts, seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar, keep intake to levels that support exercise, not body fat. Just dropping some knowledge yeah. for the listeners, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I, so that's a complicated, it's a complicated answer because, well, I'll say as, so as a physician and at, at med school, so I was at Harvard Med School, the amount of nutrition. How hard is that, by the way? Like how, <laughs> let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. How um, hard is, I mean, that's not you, easy no matter where you are. I think there's it's challenging no matter where you are. But so it's, where'd you go to where'd you go to undergrad? Um, I was at uh actually New York University, but I was in their film and television production program. So I was not I was not med school bound at the time. I, but you I went to I mean NYU is that's actually the school my father went to. So NYU is a, a great school as well. He yeah, became I was, a, he became a dentist. Oh yeah, I was in the film and television production program, so I wasn't even thinking about it at the time. So how did you go from that? You had to go back to get all. I mean, you had to do yeah. organic chemistry at some point. Yep, right? exactly. I had to go back. I ended up going back to doing a, a it's called a post baccalaureate program at Columbia University and doing. Oh my goodness! So you go from NYU to Columbia. <laughs> yeah, to Harvard, so, I get it. yeah. We get you know, it. So, you're you're smart. Know, I you're smart. That, you know, sometimes, sometimes I can be, but um, yeah. So I had to go back to school, but you know, I was working in. And television and stuff and i was like yeah i think i need to do something better for the world sort of the, the short that's answer a, of it so that's a, how old were you when you decided to do that Oof, i was jeez, oh, 26 maybe so no certainly not old but i mean 20 no, no maybe 23 24 something like that I, you, so know. you basically had to do a reboot i would assume very yeah. few of your tv credits mattered, <laughs> yeah. Right? Pretty much. oh yeah it was starting from scratch all over again yeah um, so, so anyway, you were saying, you know, I asked about the movement versus the nutrition. Yeah. So it's a complicated, it's a complicated answer because part of, and, and part of the CrossFit health movement is also, we discuss sort of the, the influences on the medical research and the guidelines that physicians are given on the influences that come from industry, from pharma, um, from the specifically like the sugar industry, the Coca-Cola, things like that. And a lot of the stuff that, a lot of the guidelines were given as physicians or exercise guidelines, for example, are heavily influenced by these outside forces who may or may not have good science behind them. So as physicians, we learn, in medical school, we learn very little about nutrition, certainly nothing about movement at all. And then as professionals, we're sort of, we have to make these recommendations and the best that we have sometimes are these guidelines that are shady at best sometimes. Um, what's, so, what's shady about them? Um, well, for example, um, something like um, our exercise guidelines are, are so I was just, so I was just at a, a sports medicine conference um, and one of the main sponsors of this conference is Gatorade, the Gatorade Sports Science Institute, as it's called. But Gatorade is a Pepsi company, um, and they were presenting their science and their, you know, why you should drink Gatorade at certain times. And, and to people who are all, you know, well-intentioned, wanting to provide good care to people, um, and they don't necessarily realize what, who these guidelines are influenced by. And the, the thought is that 
the reason that these cola companies in particular have, have sort of cozied up to the people making the guidelines is to sort of divert attention away from their product as a cause of obesity to look, you, you, you just don't exercise enough. Yeah, you can have your Coke, you can have anything in moderation, but you, re you really should be doing is exercising. And I, as a, as a physician, I don't feel comfortable with that influence being there. Um, is it because, because I've kind of had this internal debate about what Coach Glassman, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm all, you know, I love everything that's going on in CrossFit period. And I know not everybody mm -hmm. agrees with me, yeah. but I, here's how I put it to them. We are not smart enough to understand what coach Glassman is doing. You know, that's really what it comes <laughs> you know, the average person yeah. complaining, yeah. you know, is not a multimillionaire, which I assume, you know, making a guess about <laughs> coach Glassman who's yeah. yeah. running a business. Like it doesn't matter what you think you, you're not a visionary and maybe right. one day you will be, but currently at least for CrossFit, you're not. Yeah. So, you know, but my thought is, does Coach Glassman hate soda or Gatorade, or is it the fact that they have this influence over science? Like, I don't think Coach Glassman's going to knock a Diet Coke out of your hand. Like, yeah. that in and of itself isn't the end of the world. It's the fact that these yeah. people are putting out false propaganda, if you will. Trying yeah, to and, that's, and that's killing people, you know? Right. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, this, this, this stuff it doesn't kill people. instantly kills people over time. And, and what it's similar to is the tobacco industry you know, back in the 40s and 50s, who were, they, they had the time they were marketing to physicians. Um, and it, it took some pretty strong, undisputable evidence to, to then finally t turn the tide on that. Um, and, and, and Greg has said this as well, you know, he, that's why he's not, he's not trying to railroad the tobacco industry because they're not involved in the health space anymore. Um, but Coca-Cola has, and you know, sugar companies, they, they, they contribute money to big sports or uh, well to big medical organizations um they influence research and guidelines within the health space which of itself is pretty questionable so i, I don't you know it's not some it's obviously a, it's a health hazard but a lot of things are health the alcohol alcohol is a health hazard uh tobacco is a health hazard but those things don't have an area in the fitness space they're not right. trying to influence it directly anyway so i think that's sort of is what is motive mo is Greg's motivation, but yeah, I can't speak for him. But I, well, yeah, and not yeah. just that they have an influence; they've lied about CrossFit and all that stuff as well, which and, we've proven yeah. in one in court. Exactly, and that's and that's the whole other thing is a lot of the negative attitudes that exist in the medical sphere about CrossFit were based on BS data, essentially, and most people don't. And most of I talk to don't just don't realize that they don't know that they know what the paper said, they know kind of what their friends have said, they know sort of what the media has said, and 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 when you actually distill it down, the principles of CrossFit, constantly varied functional movements, perform at high intensity. That's that those same principles are being used as injury prevention programs. Um, they just kind of call it something else, and and now it's an injury prevention program. So it's it's kind of interesting for me, who someone I just kind of sit in the middle of the two, of the organizations, and kind of watch the has have watched the evolution of it. Um, I think Greg, you know, Greg is um Greg is a revolutionary. He's he's all about like knocking it down and building his own thing, and um and I, because of where I am in my career and have far far less influence than he does I sort of have to look at it from an evolutionary standpoint and sort of track it over time and see so I try to educate people and kind of work from within the system to kind of get people to see the light 
rather than just saying, well, screw you, you guys are wrong. So, um, yeah, I've sort of, yeah. <laughs> not everyone can yeah. do what he does and get, yeah, exactly. he's getting away with anything, but. Right. Yeah. So I, but I, you know, it's, it's a, it's sort of a fun, it's a fun place to be in a sense to kind of try to help, help educate people as much as I can and, um, spread the word. Have you had doctors that you truly look up to and respect, you know, maybe at school that you learn from <clears throat> or coworkers that are so obtuse or against CrossFit that it makes you lose respect? Um, I wouldn't say lose respect. Um, someone that I work with very closely right now. You want to um, give their name so everybody can know? I'm not going <laughs> to disclose any names. So, you know, when I first met this person, they, uh, the the statement they said to me was, you know, all those CrossFit people are nuts. That guy who runs that company's nuts. Um, you know, just so you know that. <laughs> and I said, oh, I, you know, I didn't tell him. Oh, I know that I know the guy, and you know, I think Greg's nuts in a good way, you know. But um, but uh, you know, so, so I've and this person happened to be um, a, pre a president of a very large uh, organization that I think CrossFit kind of tr tried to go after directly. So he was sort of on the receiving end of it and um, he wasn't happy about it. Um, and this person is somebody who I respect a great deal, who's an excellent physician, who's someone who's helped me out a lot. But I, I know when it comes to the, the CrossFit word, I just, we don't, we don't talk about it because it's just not it's like religion or politics. Exactly. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, but being in the sports medicine space, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes kind of odd to not talk about it, but. Right. It's, you know, it's funny. <laughs> it is like religion and politics, except there is a definitive answer with this where. Right. Religion and politics, hey, you're entitled to your own opinion. It's kind of hard to accept someone's opinion when it's clearly wrong. Right. And I, know, I know that sounds in and of itself narrow-minded yeah. but at the same time i believe crossfit works um uh, yeah and it's the same thing so like people will say you know the the, the sort of amongst the you know, sports medicine providers that i i work with you know it's like oh we see people get injured all the time and you know it'll keep our clinics busy and and I, i've said this before but i think when we have we have problems of fitness you know people hurting their rotator cuff or like spraining something rather than problems of illness like mm -hmm. diabetes and hypertension and all the stuff that comes along with that like we're pretty lucky as as a population at large if that's if you know someone's rotator cuff is the biggest problem we have to worry about so that's, that's a really good way to put it i like that you know yeah you may tweak your shoulder doing the kipping pull-up but it's better than having type 2 diabetes yeah you know, what's the alternative? Telling someone to sit on a couch? Yeah, which we all know. We've all had relatives <laughs> that don't exercise and then yeah. fall and break their hip. So, yeah, so I mean, I, and I tell people that, like, today's Thursday. We're recording. I'm sore. As, <sighs> like, I'm very sore, and I wouldn't want any other way. My back's a little tweaked from some deadlifts, and I, and I know I'm going to take a rest day, and I'll feel better tomorrow. The alternative is not being able to pick up your grandkids in 20 years. I'll take this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you went to Harvard, uh, or you went back to school, I should say, yeah. 24, 25. Did you oh feel God. this way already? Was this in your belief system, or is this something that developed in your time at school? Um, so when I first went back to school, I hadn't found CrossFit yet. I, I, um, 
when I started med school, so that was 2009. So you started at Harvard in 2009? 2009, yeah. And that's when I, I first really, just as a person, started thinking about my own diet, my own health, you know, because as a physician, you're Close supposed to 30, be... 30, putting on some yeah, you know, easy to yeah, pass I pounds. Think, I think at that time, I was maybe tw- 25 when I started med school. That's what it was. I was 25 when I started med school. Okay. But I, I you know, I, I hadn't really kind of looked at myself and because I had been an athlete my whole life but I I never really focused on the fitness part of it I was just like you know can I do the sport that I'm doing um and I really started kind of looking at myself and, and saying okay so I started running a lot and I was bored by that I, you know that you play team sports your whole life and then you hit a certain age and everyone's like all right get on the treadmill this is it <laughs> yeah. um and it's like for me it was not fun um I was getting a lot of like little ticky tack overuse injuries um I just wasn't loving it and then I uh, very close to where Harvard Med School is uh was the original CrossFit Fenway and I'd oh, yeah, pass it yeah, yeah I'd, I'd pass it um and I, one day I said I'm gonna I'm gonna try that it looks like fun and you, uh, I never look back. <laughs> and, and, and right away, did you think to yourself, this is going to influence how I practice medicine? Yeah, you know, so it, that, it ties in really well. And I found these sort of two things sort of at the same time. But my, so my primary specialty is called physical medicine and rehabilitation or PM&R or physiatry. It has, it's called a lot of things, but it's a very small field of medicine that most people don't know about. So what does it um, do? What do you, what's your primary scope or focus? So what we, so essentially we're doctors of function. Um, and we focus on the physical manifestations of disease processes, whatever those are, and looking at injuries, whether they're permanent injuries like spinal cord injuries, traumatic brain injuries, or like temporary things like a sports injury. Um, and, you know, we treat, we treat sort of the physical problems associated with the disease. So say you have cancer, I'm not the person who's prescribing the chemo and figuring out how to beat the cancer, but I'm the person who thinks about, okay, how are you going to get up and get to the bathroom? How are the side effects of the chemo affecting your quality of life? Things like that, um, which uh, it's a fortunate position for me to, to be in, to, to be able to think about those things to improve people's function and, and daily life. I mean, I, at the time that I really started looking into it was right around the time of uh the boston marathon bombings had just happened so maybe like five years ago yeah um and we i i was involved in the in the treatment of a a lot of people who lost limbs during that and you know helping improve their function as new amputees and getting them involved in sports and things like that and it, it the goals of physiatry and the goals of what crossfit are are in many ways identical um, and I thought the two complemented each other so well, uh, but one didn't know about the other. Um, and on like all my social media profiles, I, the little phrase I use is explaining CrossFit to physiatrists and physiatry to CrossFitters. They're all very similar, but they usually don't know about each other and it, they should. <laughs> Have you worked with the, some of the adaptive athletes in, you know, I've had Nogar yeah. and Steph Hammerman and Saudi and Logan on. Have you worked with them? at all in the adaptive course or so i i'm hoping to take the adaptive course um and we're actually trying to organize one up here i don't know what the status of that is but i've i've met kevin ogar uh we've we've chatted about it because he actually works you know has worked with physiatrists out over at craig rehabilitation yeah 
Um, and so, you know, he's, he's aware, he's very aware of the field as someone who had, you know, has a spinal cord injury. Um, so it's, he's been a great resource in, in sort of figuring out how we can bring these things together or get things going in parallel. Um, but I, I would like to take the, the adaptive course, at, you know, once I find a course that lines up on my schedule. That'd and when cool. you, when you say out here, you're in, you're in Maine, is that correct? Um, for another couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm sort of in flux right now. I'll actually be in New York um, starting in Jul July. So. Where are you going to be in New York? Um, I will be as part of uh, Northwell Health System. Um, and uh, they sort of cover Queens, Long Island area. Wow, very cool. Um, but I'll be working with uh, their department of orthopedic, department of orthopedics and uh, PMNR. Well, you'll have to let me know because I know some great boxes out in that area. But Sweet. do you know my friend Josh Murphy? Yeah, so you're at Casco. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> he's great. Now, here's a great example. And I don't want to throw Josh under the bus. And I hope he's listening to this. But yeah. Josh Murphy needs to lose a good 70 pounds. Now you have someone. <laughs> you're smirking. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. You're not still saying anything. Okay. I, I, I like Josh a lot. I love Josh. And now I helped his brother lose over 100 pounds. I don't know if you know his oh. brother. Um, I don't know. I don't know him. He lost over a hundred pounds. He's in my new book. You know, his name, uh -huh. you know, we call him Murph, but he came in at about 500. He probably lost 200 something pounds. But anyway, from a coach's perspective, let's take it like this. You're a doctor. Uh -huh. You have someone, let's call him Josh. You know, we're speaking generally, right? Oh, that's, that's cold, man. That's who cold. understands, who understands CrossFit. They're willing to work hard. Now we know it's your nutrition. Coach Glassman used to say, I, I don't ask you how your nutrition is to find out how your nutrition is. I ask to find out if you're going to lie to me because I know what your nutrition looks right. like by looking at you. How can a coach, this is, you know, this is a podcast about coaching. How yeah. can a coach help that person? So, uh, so if you were talking about somebody who's already made that step to say, I want to change this. Yeah. Every box has this person. Every box you know, has, I, that's, I, that is key because I think as physicians we don't really see those people a lot. Right, as, you get them coaches, too late. Yeah, you, you know, get as them coaches. Too. Yeah, as coaches, you kind of they've already made that step that they're willing to try something, um, you know. And we can, as physicians, we can refer refer people or or um, you know make recommendations to people. But the real lifestyle change happens when those things become habits. And that's where the box comes in. That's where the habits can be formed. And I think the important, I think what, what makes CrossFit in particular such an effective tool in, in making those lifestyle changes into habits is the use of community and a supportive environment with other people going through the same thing and cheering each other on. Um, I think that is, is the key. And as, as well as coaches who seem invested in that person's success um it's really it can be intimidating walking into a box with you know a chiseled bunch of chiseled people but uh if 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 that coach shows uh you know takes joy in someone's success however small it is um that is a that could be very effective as well um i know so i just finished a nutrition program here um, um in casco bay it's it's led by a great coach emily hanley and nick beal um and you know there's a little facebook group involved and everyone's sharing recipes and everyone's checking in with each other and it's accountability it's um 
you know, weekly check-ins with data points that you can track uh, and a plan, a very specific plan. I think it's like what we do as physicians, we say, go lose weight and we don't give any kind of formal, you know, plan other than these kind of vague guidelines, which in and of themselves are influenced by things sometimes that are not great. And people walk out of our office and say, okay. Um, whereas if they can show up at a box and someone says, here's the things you need to eat every day eat exactly this exactly this much of that and i'm going to check in next week to see you know we're going to we're going to hold you accountable to that and then here's a bunch of people who give you ideas for other things to eat i think that's a super effective tool that's very much underutilized certainly in the medical space well, but at the yeah that that's a great point at the box space you really need to create this accountability you know we yeah. and you know and i was joking about josh but every box has those people that are diehards for CrossFit, you know, the, the hour at the box is the fun part, the challenging part of the other 23 and uh-huh. eating healthy. But, yeah. but that's really where you can make the greatest impact on someone's life. You know, yeah. the, the old quote of, I have an hour to help you, but you have 23 hours to mess that up. Right. You know, and, we, and we see that yeah. a lot. Is it, do you, do you find it easier for you as a doctor and so invested in this, you know, CrossFit health and this push in pursuit of it to eat healthier or do you even do you still find there are times when you're like I want to drink or I want to have a (laughs) snack yeah so I you know I think part of it is the mixed messages right um as physicians like I said we don't really learn very much and the stuff we do learn sometimes has the influence you know it doesn't they're not very clear or very specific the guidelines we get and then even in the media as someone who kind of can understand the 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 literature behind it, you can, if you want to eat a certain way, you can find literature that supports that regardless of whatever it is. So if you want to eat nothing but candy, I'm I'm sure there's a paper somewhere that will say that that's the way to go. And, And myself, I've been, the way I've been figuring it out as far as what to recommend to people is experimenting with myself. So back when I first started med school, I was, I was trying out vegans, being a vegan, just to see, there was a lot of convincing literature about that. Um, and then when I started CrossFit, CrossFitting full time, it didn't really, I, I wasn't seeing the performance, uh, you know, my performance doing all that well. So I, I started incorporating more meat. And then I know a lot of people who are keto and who have great results from that. Um, uh, it's a little hard for me to stick to that, but I, I, I see the value in it. And then I recently, when I did this nutrition program at at my local gym here at CrossFit Casco Bay, I be, I started the whole uh, macro counting and tracking that way. And that's really what's worked for me. So, uh, you know, through experimentation is how I've sort of come to what works best for me and what I would feel comfortable recommending with, to somebody. But yeah, yeah, you and, know, and I had Nicola Coyne on recently from Healthy Steps Nutrition, and we dove into both of those lifestyles, veganism and, and keto. And she uh-huh. basically had the same things to say about it, which I agree with that that's, you know, find out why your members are doing that. You know, so many people these days, the buzzword is keto. And I think really what they're associating with that is weight loss. But yeah. there's more sustainable and fun ways to lose weight, such uh-huh. as tracking your macros that, you know, big, big takeaways, it can last forever and build those habits. with with that being said so coach glassman off the couch off the carbs Mm -hmm. that i believe is also a statement that gets misunderstood yeah i don't think he's telling people 
you cannot have carbs. When he's referring to carbs, he's re- referring to processed carbs and, and even more specifically sugar and, mm-hmm. you know, sodas. But people take it and like, because my message a lot of the time is have some foods you enjoy. You know, I'm yeah. a big, you know, people know that I will eat a donut. I will have pizza. Last night I had Chipotle, but it's within oh, reason. Yeah. And it's, you know, I track my macros. So people like argue against what Coach Glassman's saying. No, those are not the, the people that track their Chipotle are not the problems. They're not the people developing <laughs> chronic disease. Right. It's those that are eating Chipotle, the side of chips and guac, and then refilling their large soda three times. Right, right. Uh, and that's, I, I think, I know as far as the, the CrossFit health meetings that we have, um, there is a lot of emphasis on nutritional ketosis and the research behind that as, and as a way of, of treating cancer, as a way of uh, curing chronic disease. And I think for people who are so far kind of in a, in a diabetic state, um, it's been shown to be a very effective way of rapid weight loss, blood sugar control, et cetera. Um, but I think the general message of off the carbs, off, yeah, off the couch, off the carbs is uh, that exactly that. Like you have to start with eliminating the soda, eliminating the junk food, eliminating the processed crap that you're eating. And then, then you sort of, after you've peeled away those layers, then it, you can start like thinking about the, the nitty gritty of, do you want a macro count? Do you want to, you know, what are your goals in this? Is it performance? Is it just, you know, maintaining a healthy lifestyle, et cetera? But yeah. So what is one way box owners can help this? What what can we yeah. do from a box level? Yeah, so there are a few a few things that I think are could be important. And one is identifying a the person a person in your constituency, if you will, that can be a point a point of contact with the health system, the health system, whatever that is in your neighborhood. But meaning most likely some sort of doctor. Yeah, um, but also a good resource for box owners is looking into the rehab community, not just the MDs, the physiatrists, but also physical therapists, occupational therapists, because they really focus on function as well. And they, they will often treat someone as an inpatient um, and they'll need some kind of further exercise plan going forward that they can't necessarily provide, you know, at that high level or insurance doesn't cover it or whatever. And they can be a good referral source um, for box owners. But um, finding that person in your community who can be a point of contact with the healthcare system and brainstorming with them as the best ways to sort of uh, interact with the medical community of setting up a referral source or holding classes or fundraisers, um, getting involved uh, in things like fall prevention and elderly people, that's a huge, it's a huge problem and it's a huge healthcare expenditure and people are looking for ways to help combat that. So um, setting up some kind of free class or some kind of senior thing, contacting the local diabetic care centers or primary care community centers, and working with them as for diabetes and nutrition counseling. Cause I think, uh, you know, I'm not a primary care doctor, but I, I know a lot of them and they're overwhelmed. You know, they have 15 minutes to talk to somebody and figure out all their chronic diseases and make recommendations and, and, and they get sent on their way. And they, they're looking for somebody who's interested in taking these 
people on for to help improve their health so or give them a plan because like i said we're not really educated how to do that um so i think that's important and and, and i think it's really it's important to to find that person to make the connection with someone in your box who can help you because i and i mean i like when i came up here the the people who were in this box were super excited and and seem really engaged in in trying to figure out how i could help them how they could help me figure out something um to work in the health space um i know a guy up in uh near killington vermont who's super excited at crossfit rising star who's super interested in you know getting stuff started and i've been in other places where they don't they're not really seemingly interested or or even know that i'm a physician or you know so it's just it's one of those things right making those connections within the box to then try to help reach the community in different ways so you know uh, the other question we get though is is a lot of doctors you know every box that that is lucky enough to have a doctor be it an md a pt mm -hmm. wants to get involved in crossfit health or, or maybe take the the seminar that you guys it seems like are only in aromas at the time i know the goal is to expand them how can yeah. they find out more about that yeah, so it's a little bit tricky now with the whole departure of, of CrossFit from Facebook, but we had a we have a CrossFit physicians group on Facebook, and that's how we originally all sort of connected with each other. Um, I think if there are still, if you want to get be part of that, I still think it's the best way to help get connected within the movement. So that's um, still on Facebook somewhere. There's a, there's it, a doctor group. Yeah, it's CrossFit physicians. I don't know who officially i think it's sort of now we're sort of moderating it ourselves but um there are people who sort of interact with hq who cool. may check in time to time on it so if you're a doctor listening or if you have a doctor because i get emails about that like hey i heard about this how do i get involved and i didn't know so maybe seek that out and then also they can check out the crossfit health website Yes, um, I don't know if the CrossFit Health website necessarily has information about how to get involved. I, I haven't looked at it recently. Um, certainly, people can reach out to me um, on, on, on social media at, at Amy West MD if someone wants. Cool. To, I could connect people to other people. And that's well, what it's really. That's what it's been about. It's been sort of like this grassroots movement, and people sort of talking to other people, and then that person emails that one, and it's still sort of in its infancy as far as getting like very formally organized. Well, that's what they said about CrossFit in two thousand one. So, right. yeah. I think I think we're moving in the right direction. I do yeah. I do want to ask about this. I mentioned you know you were going to be on here, and a couple of people reached out, and they say. There are people that are kind of turned off to some extent about what Cross is putting out there, especially on .com. Not so much the workouts, but you know the images. It's like, oh, oh it's all old people now. How are we going to yeah. get the people that want to do it? Mm -hmm. You know, and and I've I've kind of spoken my piece about it, but I but I like to hear your thoughts on that. You know, especially as it pertains yeah. to the affiliate level. Yeah. So I mean, I actually spoke about this with. Um, with someone from HQ uh, about the sort of the, the almost like it's not necessarily rebranding, but the sort of the imaging that we're seeing now. And person said, "Well, yeah, we're putting people in our media that you know, ten years ago we would have been embarrassed to put on the front page of something, you know, uh, that that was a CrossFit 
grant, you know, grassroots branded thing. Um, and the goal in that is to, is to show exactly, you know, that this is for everyone. It's not just for the rich Fronings of the world. And I think, wow, we're going to have the greatest impact is not, is, is through reaching, is through reaching the people who are morbidly obese, the person who's 80 years old. That's, those are, that's the way that we have a, a, a large impact on the health space. And I think at the end of the day, that's one of the goals of CrossFit is to make people healthier, move better, be more functional, have a better quality of life long-term. Um, so I think that's sort of where the, the shift in sort of the, the image, the public imaging has gone. I mean, I, I, I that is what, what I take from it. I, I can't really speak exactly for them, um, but what they're thinking, but uh, I, that's what I, that's the sense I got. Well, no, and I agree with you. And my philosophy is people are afraid of CrossFit to this day, you know, and exactly. most likely if you're listening, you understand why that happens, but that it's not, it shouldn't happen. In other words, anyone can do it, but it's, but it's intimidating. Yeah. So, so what that's doing is saying, Hey, anyone can do this. You can do it in your, in your house. We recommend, you know, for me, when I want to learn something, I seek out a professional and I try to learn from the best. So if someone stumbles upon CrossFit.com and they see the old guy or old lady doing, you know, water jug deadlifts, they think, well, where can I do this in town? I want to learn. And they do find the box. So you are going to get those people, but you're still going to get, look, the games are still going to be on at some point. Yeah. Like, no one's going to be like, oh, CrossFit doesn't get you in shape. You'll still get the crazies and the fanatics and the young people that want to come and get in the best shape of their life. But this is for the affiliates only doing more so to open the door to everybody. Oh, sure. And I, and now even like as a physician, I can say go on crossfit.com, the at home section and look up some exercises there. Like, you know, and that's a, a super useful tool for me. It's a helpful tool for physical therapists um, who are, who, you know, I can say, you know, before I could say, oh, it's for everyone. Even old, older people can do it. You don't have to be in shape. And if everything that someone sees is these elite athletes, um, they go, yeah, okay, sure. Um, so now at least I can, I can point to some things and you say, you see, this is something you, you can do also. So I think for the, for the boxes, it's certainly a great uh, tool to help them reach people who might be afraid to try it. And in the medical community to tell people, this is not just for people who are already in shape. What's one thing you used to believe when it came to medicine or nutrition that you no longer believe is true? Oh, that's a good one. Um, one thing that I used to believe, I think I was, and I think this is something that applies to a lot of, positions maybe not just me um it's almost being a little naive to the idea that you know the the evidence you read is legit or is is um maybe not you know is not does not have influences behind it that are maybe not the best in with the you know with the best intentions the best in, so you know i you would in when I first started med schools, you know, it's, uh, we we all you know we all try to practice evidence based me medicine, um, and you know, looking at the literature, finding recommendation recommendations based on that, and and pointing people to you know to studies to sort of back up like what we think, um, and through this process, but also just my own kind of 
digging around, you realize, oh, maybe that, that data isn't, in some cases, isn't as good as you think it is. Maybe the, 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 the funding behind that study influenced it in some way. Um, and the stuff certainly that makes it to the media, you know, the general media, it's sometimes way, way, way off, or, you know, it was a very small part of whatever it is they're talking about is what they're choosing to highlight. So, um, yeah, I think in general, everyone's, for the most part, everyone's very well intentioned, but I think there are a lot of things at play sometimes that we don't realize as physicians that can influence, influence us. And we, we're not even sometimes even aware of it. Yeah. No different than your nutrition. You, you know, we all have our beliefs Primarily because what our parents told us in the commercials we watched, you know, when we were 13. Yeah. What, what's one book you recommend all the listeners check out? Ooh, that's a good one. Books. So. And ideally not a Harvard textbook. Yeah, no. I I, yeah, I'm not going to recommend one of those. They're not exactly fun reading. Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, I, I was like, uh, one book that I read was interesting was uh called bad pharma um trying to remember the author of that i don't know off the top of my head but that was actually a book that um i found sort of through ben goldegger yeah that sounds right yep (laughs) um google search that's good um i also enjoy you know that's it's sort of an interesting uh look at the the data that comes out about some of the pharmaceutical company stuff, which is interesting. Um, that's a good one. Also, I enjoy, you know, any books about kind of good movement, you know, Kelly Starrett stuff and things like that. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Supple Leopard. Yeah, exactly. It, it's been great really diving into this. I feel like having you, you know, and your expertise on here, there's even more to talk about, but is there you know, we've only scratched the surface. Is there anything yeah. else, you know, that the listeners should take from this? Think about, you know, it's a lot of coaches, a lot of box yeah. owners, a lot of just people that do CrossFit about what they can do. I mean, you know, when we give the nutrition lecture at level ones, 70% of, you know, the world's going to, you know, Western society is going to develop chronic disease. Yeah. So, you know, 80% of medical costs are going to fight these things. The average yep. American eats 156 pounds of added sugar every day all things that are important to know, but anything else you think they should take from this, they can implement, you know, other than like you've said a couple of times and, and I say lead from the forefront, lead by mm-hmm. example. Uh, a couple things. I think um, one is, you know, so something that I work a lot with is people with, with pain, like back pain, chronic pain. And I think sometimes that, that, condition gets in the talk of chronic disease the chronic back pain chronic pains people sometimes sort of get sort of left out of that discussion and we're focusing on diabetes and obesity but i would argue that most people with bad diabetes and who are obese have back pain as well that's another thing on their list um and i think good movements and getting people uh, uh moving again and feeling comfortable with movement is a way to also is, is a way to augment the health of that population as well the the pain population and i think that's a that's also a, a way for uh crossfit coaches and boxes to sort of connect with the medical communities 
um, is by saying, you know, this is also effective tool for treating that condition as well. Um, and another thing, I think one way that CrossFit is super effective. So like I was saying before, I, I, I was someone who really liked to move and I was going to these globo gyms and was bored out of my mind, but uh, you know, going to CrossFit every day and having someone tell me what to do, exactly when to do it, um, how many times to do it. And, and it was very helpful in, in, in me sort of getting on track. Same thing with this, with nutrition. So I think being, you know, having definite plans for people to follow. So this way it's very hard for them to kind of wander off if you sort of have very definite explicit plans, whether that be for nutrition or for movement, whatever. I think that's a super helpful tool because as physicians, we, we kind of can't provide that. We don't have the education to provide it. Or, or, or the, the time. Or time, or yeah. the time, and that's the that's the biggest biggest problem is we really don't have the time to delve into it. So I think that's really where CrossFit CrossFit boxes sort of can continue that, um, well, that and really that journey that piggybacks off of a recent podcast that I did with uh, the co-host Fern about programming, and it's you know most people are not at your box to have three parts and to be shuffled around from strength to Metcon to this to that. They're there to learn and, and the last thing they want to do is think they've been at work eight hours or they're dealing with kids or whatever's going on. They want to come in and be told what to do and exactly. and, and do it well and do it safely. And yeah. if, you're, if you're doing too much in that hour, this is what you don't have the opportunity to do, to interact with the members, to drop some nutrition knowledge mm-hmm. here and there, to to coach them, to make sure they do deadlift better so they are out of pain when they're doing it. Yeah. yeah, that's most of us that opened a box did not do it to take the average person to the CrossFit games. We did it to impact exactly the average person's life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and most people that come in, if, if you stop, if you're listening and really reflect on your membership base, it's the people that want to play with their kids, their grandkids, you know, get rid of their dad bod, you know, <laughs> get rid of the weight they, you know, when they were pregnant and, and, yeah. and live a happier, healthy, more balanced life. And I think, you know, you nailed it with that. And it, we have this privilege and honor to do it because of Coach Glassman and because of CrossFit. And it's, you know, it's why I get so frustrated when I see people upset with the direction. It's like, if you just stopped and took a broader, wider lens view, you'd realize how much more this will actually allow us to impact people. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think one thing we've, uh, you know, we've learned is, and I think this happens to everyone when they first join CrossFit is that you think you're, you think you're in good shape. You think you're doing healthy things. And then you realize, wow, I'm really not. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, there's a great, there's a great movie called that sugar film. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, I have seen um, it. Yeah. yeah so the, one like, the guy who uh, lost his teeth with Mountain Dew. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. But, yeah. but the way that, so the, you know, the way that the, the, the guy sort of goes about eating sugar in his day is he doesn't eat anything sweet. He eats all, all these things that are supposed to be healthy or at least not sweet or sugary and they all have hidden sugars in it. Um, and he, you know, it's, I think the average person, even someone who thinks, you know, is not, they think they're being healthy and there's all these hidden sugars in it. And same thing with exercising. People go to a regular gym and they get on a treadmill for an hour or whatever. And they think, Oh, I'm, I'm fit now. Um, and there's obviously a lot of holes in that. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and CrossFit's so, a great way to expose that. <laughs> yeah, and it's a great point because we go to, I think if you're listening, you've you've probably been the guy who laughs at people doing curls and an hour on the treadmill. It's like no one hops on that treadmill 
for fun. They're doing it because <laughs> they think they're they're doing the right thing. Yeah. And so it's yeah. our job to educate them. Yeah. And that social the social piece of it is is so huge. You know, knowing that I'm going to see certain people every day and talk to them, knowing that they're going to ask me where I was when I'm not there. You know, things like that are, are huge in affecting lifestyle change and forming those habits. Absolutely. You know, I met my wife through CrossFit. We had, like I said, Nicole a coin from Healthy Steps met her husband through CrossFit, and I'm sure most of the guests I've met, if not their significant other, they're some of their closest friends. So yeah. the, it's it's really awesome, and it's awesome to talk to you about this. And again, I'll put your information out there. But if you're just listening at Amy West MD on Instagram, you can always reach out to her mm-hmm. if you know somebody that wants to get involved from the health aspect, and then you know we'll put out other ways to get in touch with you. But Sure. I really appreciate you being on, Amy. It's been great. Thanks. I enjoyed this a lot. So happy to. I'm glad we got my things head- at any time. <laughs> I'm glad we got your headphones working. Yeah, that's great. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, one more time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and send us any feedback you have to at Best Hour of Their Day on Instagram and best hour of their day at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. We appreciate you. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.